is your banner star spangled? <laughs> that took a second to figure out what I a was going to star spangled. I love the, the, the phrase star spangled banner. I do too. It's uh, do you remember a flag before we had 50 stars? Uh, no, I was born in 1985. Okay. When I was a kid growing up, yeah. we had 40, 48 stars. Okay. And then Alaska became a state. You're really that old. It wasn't that long that- ago. <laughs> uh, then Alaska became a state. And so they had this contest. How do you make the flag with 49 stars? Yeah. And it was seven rows of seven. Yeah. So it turned out to be really pretty cool. Sure. And then it was just a year later, Hawaii became a state. So then they had a flag with 50 stars. That's great. And there's rows of six and rows of eight. I was uh, playing I Spy with my five-year-old in the backyard the other day. And from our backyard, you can see the American flags on the new Waterville Bridge. And she used the red stripes in the American flag as one of her I Spy something red. Which they looked very tiny from as far as I was. But I was pretty impressed. That, that a, that's very good. Good a, for her. A five-year-old knows the colors on the flag. <laughs> she better. She's a daughter of an artist. <laughs> <laughs> not, you're not talking about me. Not about her. you, no. Hey, um, happy almost 4th of July. Yes, that's why we're talking about the flag. The 4th of July, this is a whole weekend, really. The 4th of July is Saturday, so they give Friday as the legal holiday. Yeah. And we are preparing for Sunday, but I think everybody is still going to be celebrating the 4th of July. And I, here's my theory. Yeah. When you have a three-day weekend, people try to make it a four-day weekend. Sure. So a lot of people will take Thursday off so they, they can enjoy Friday, which is really a substitute for Saturday. And then you might as well kind of wind down on Sunday, and, and maybe need, some people will take Monday off as well. you got to recover on Monday. Are, so are you saying you're giving me a four-day weekend? As long as you're here for Saturday Mass and Sunday Mass. Well, that doesn't sound like a four-day <laughs> weekend. Hey, I, I was thinking as we were By talk- the way, are you going to introduce us? Oh, hi, everyone. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. Michael Puff is here with Father Herb Weber. You know, we always start in the middle of a conversation, which isn't really true. We we were co- talking about other things, and suddenly Michael just kind of goes off I talking just, about the flag. I just said, we're, we're starting. Hey, um, I was thinking, do you remember, this has nothing to do with uh, states becoming states, but it was towards the beginning of the parish. I was unmarried. You also were. I still am. Yes, I am not. Uh, but we spent the 4th of July together on your back patio watching the Perrysburg fireworks. Yes, and you know what? L- last year I did the same thing. <laughs> well, thanks uh, not for, with you. Thanks for the invite. Well, <laughs> I, I, was, I had just come back to the country almost every year. I don't do this intentionally, actually partially intentionally, but not in a malicious way. Yeah. Almost every year I'm not in the United States on the 4th of July. I have found it to, to be a very good time to travel because it's usually a weekend when there are no weddings, sure. and so I'm, I'm free to be gone. And last year, I came back on July 2nd, so I, I did spend July 3rd on my patio watching the fireworks nice over the river, and I can see it over the Perrysburg High School from where I sit. That's great. Um, but anyway, let's talk about this weekend. It, we're back into ordinary time. We are. And we have been for several weeks. I'm, this is quiz. How? What weekend is this? What number? This is one four fourteen. The fourteenth Sunday of ordinary time. I feel like this early on in ordinary time is kind of like Sesame Street. Like this weekend is brought to you by the number fourteen. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask a, a much more important question. Sure. 
Have you ever seen a yoke? Y-O-K-E. I, not to give you a, a, an egg joke. I don't like eggs, uh, but I have not, I've seen pictures of a yoke. I know what you're you talking about. You have never about. seen a real yoke? I don't think so. I grew up on a farm, and they used to have workhorses, but before my time. Sure. But there was, there was still, out in the barn, there was still one or two yokes around as a kid, so I knew what they were. Some people have yokes. Other people have jokes. Yeah, well, we <laughs> our family was very serious. Only yolks. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, think of a double yoke, and I, I did not see a double yoke until I was in another country, and there was uh, this peasant with an ox, uh, two oxen mm-hmm. pulling a cart, and these oxen were big old animals, and I think the cart even had like wooden wheels, but the the yoke went over the neck of the one animal and then continued over the, it kind of came, came down to a little, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, a little control between the two. And then it went into another circle to go over the, the neck of the other animal. Mm-hmm. So a double yoke would keep the animals side by side. And the advantage, of course, if you're driving the cart, is that they work together, not at odds. Sure. And... If one of them is feeling strong, actually what they would often do is they'd put the young, younger animal, the stronger one, with an old experienced animal. And the old experienced animal would usually know the way mm-hmm. and would be docile. The young one would have the strength. So th- it was a good match to put them side by side. And so the young one would learn from the old, but the old would take advantage of the young. We are talking about yokes today in the gospel. And if you don't have that image, there's no way you can make some sense out of this. I was wondering when you were going to say that, because I, I thought maybe people thought you were just giving like a... A farmer's <laughs> almanac type thing, yes. <laughs> farming with father. Oh, that could be your next podcast. Farming with father. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not a farmer. I grew up on a little farm, but I was not a farmer sure. because my dad was a mechanic. But we had we had a barn with old uh, yokes in it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and hey, uh, some uh, people have dad yokes. Other people have dad jokes. Oh, yeah. I'll be here all day. You'll people. be here. Uh, he he's here uh, uh, twice twice an evening. Yeah. You can come come for the show and stay for the second. Bring a mask. Okay. So shall we read the gospel? Because this is a passage that is read quite quite frequently at funerals and even more so at the anointing of the sick. Yeah. It is uh, probably the favorite for the anointing of the sick. It's in two parts. The first, the first part may not sound so apropos to anointing someone. Right. The second part does. Uh, so I'm going to have you read the first part. I get <laughs> to read the second part. Yeah. You're right. on. Thanks. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus exclaimed, I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. For although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to little ones. Yes, Father, such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden light. The was, Gospel of the Lord. It's absolutely beautiful. You practiced that this morning? I've read it a few times in my life. 
Now, first of all, I, I like the first half. It's, it's a, an ongoing theme in the Gospels where Jesus is revealed to the, the simple of heart, the, the clean of heart, the one who is often referred to as the little ones. And he even said that last weekend, right? Or yeah. The little children. The, and the, give a cup of cold water to one of these little ones. Yeah. And when you say little one, it's, yeah, we think of children, but it's really often the, to the people that are kind of uh, definitely pure of heart and clean and not uh, duplicitous like that. They're always um, have a plot to get something their own way. You know, it's, it's sure. So anyhow, so uh, that is really beautiful. And I've known people who are that way, even as adults, even very successful adults who are very childlike in some really endearing ways. Mm -hmm. The second part, however, come to me all who labor and are burdened. Boy, is that ever needed right now? I'm not sure we're all laboring so hard, but we're burdened. They they just did a they reported on a survey done recently that the happiness level of the country is almost at an all time low. I would believe that. Yeah, and there's just so many things feeding into that. So people feel burdened. Uh, they don't have the freedom, and so some people are just kind of ignoring everything and trying to be free at the detriment of themselves or other people. I think that's hard right now too, because we're used to summer kind of being one of the highlights of the year. Yeah. You know, that it's the time of year where things are a little more relaxed and we can be outside. And I've been personally enjoying, um, these summer weeks, just spending as much time outside and, uh, doing, you know, things that are isolated <laughs> from other people. But, um, it doesn't have the same flavor as previous years. For you, sure. you don't fish in the river, do you? Uh, no, I've never fished in the river. I've I've only fished probably once or twice in my whole life. And the only memory I have of it, I was a little boy. I was with my dad and my uncle, and I somehow got a fish hook in my brother's forehead, and I'm not sure exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously not great memories are associated with fishing. Maybe it's time to give it a, a try again. Yeah, I th you were not terribly coordinated in those days. Still, I'm still not, actually. Believe the it. left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Not when it comes to athletic type things or playing the piano well that's that too <laughs> okay so uh but yeah people are burdened and jesus says i will give you rest sometimes we just have to say we're down and out we almost like isn't there somebody who can refresh me isn't there somebody who can raise me up isn't there someone who can give me some strength or encouragement and maybe <clears throat> and i think encouragement is a is not just one of those like, oh, cheer up, it's going to get better. I don't know that that makes anybody feel a whole lot better. Sure. How do you, I think somebody could read this, though, and say, well, this this is nice. This is a nice image. I can understand to an extent what Jesus is saying, but I I don't feel this. I don't, I don't know how to apply this. I don't know. Well, I think it's back to the yoke. When he says, take my yoke upon you, he's basically saying, I will be the, the one that walks by your side. We will be double yoked. I will be the strength. I will show you the direction. I will the, be the one who keeps you going. So how do you lean into that? Well, I think, first of all, it, you have to accept Jesus' plan, not our own plan. Mm -hmm. I think we want it both ways. Sometimes we say, oh, Jesus, you know, help me out. Yeah. But we're basically saying, help me out the way I want you to help me out. Uh, Here's the end result. 
Yeah. Like I've got the end result planned. Well, every I'll, prayer, every prayer is the same phrase that we use in the Lord's prayer. Every prayer has to include thy will be done. Sure. Not my will be done. Yeah. And so we, we can say, Lord, keep my family healthy or, uh, help me find a job. And these are serious things, but we also have to say, Lord, it's going to be your will. I mean, we just, I just had a death in the family and that was part of, uh, the strength I think for my brother-in-law and the others I talked to is they, they knew what they wanted from God, but they also knew they wanted to accept God's plan. Sure. And great strength, great strength comes from that. So maybe the question then is how does one actively discern God's will in their lives? Okay. Very good question. Thank you. Discernment is a process, and we don't just discern when there's a crisis or a big decision to be made. And I think that's a major mistake. People think, oh, I have to discern what God wants me to do now that I'm uh, moving to a different town or something. Yeah, It should be an ongoing thing. We should be conscious of God's working in our life every single day, sure. which takes a lot of focus, and it has to be done daily. The other thing, though, is the rest of this reading. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. What that really means is being humble means I admit I'm not the center of the universe. Sure. I admit I don't have all the answers. I admit I need help. But let me ask you, what does meek mean to you? To me? Yeah, I guess I'm the only other person in the room. Uh, I would say meek, when I think of the word meek, I think of somebody that maybe a synonym would be timid, which I don't actually like that word, but somebody that's, they're not overly boisterous and dominating um, the room. There's somebody that is more contemplative, taking it in, um, not putting themselves out there in a way that you know, we always say he must increase, I must decrease. Um, somebody with that mentality, I yeah. think, would sum it up. It may come across as timid, but I don't think a meek person is timid necessarily so much as not needing the limelight. It's hard. Notice what we're doing. We're defining it by what it's not. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Me so me meek is very rare these days. You don't see meek people. Uh, in show business. You don't see meek people in politics. You don't see meek people among the clergy. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but I hope you do. But meek is basically, yeah, there might be confidence, but they're not pushy and they don't have to always talk everybody into their opinion. Mm. And Probably the best quality of meek meek is their receptivity. I am receptive to what you're saying. Even if I don't agree, at least I still respect you. Yeah. A meek person is respectful. Like the great Aretha Franklin saying. R E S P E C T. <laughs> Aretha, are you here? I don't know. That, even... that that's older than you. That's most things are. Not much anymore. No, that but I, I, I think when he says Learn from me. I am meek and humble. I'm thinking of preaching on meek, but I'm not sure if I could. 
Uh, Are you testing out your homily on the podcast this Oh, week? yeah. Well, I'm, what I'm testing is the significance of meek. I don't know if anybody even, I mean, uh, the, the Beatitudes. I read the Beatitudes at the funeral yesterday. Uh, blessed are the meek. Yeah, I was going to say, so it comes up. It, also, com- it comes up more than once in Scripture. Earlier in the Gospel of and Matthew. Same same Gospel. Yeah. And Jesus is meek. Um, but it's kind of a lost quality. So do you have an idea of what you want to say yet? Well, this is only Tuesday. We, I, I, <laughs> we've I, got time. I have till Saturday to finish it. <laughs> I, I just have the beginning of the notion. All the time in the world. I, you know, but what's interesting, is, and I'm not saying that Jesus isn't calling us to meek, be to be meek, but he's saying in this passage that he already is. So in some ways, you know, maybe it's not only for those that are feeling burdened, but to learn his ways, to learn how to be meek, to learn how to be humble of heart, we must be yoked to the one that can show us and is experienced. Yeah, we, we learn from the experienced one. And that is our source of our strength. That sums up really the last 15 years of my life with you. So you're you're yoked to me? I don't know if we go that oh, far. Oh, my shoulders hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but but this is also the bridge to the first half of this passage when Jesus talks about the little ones. And little ones are not always meek, you know, they can be pushy, they can scream for what they want. Yeah. But they don't have the power. They you know, they have power in the sense of they want their own way, but they're not the ones who run the world. And so when Jesus is using that as an example, he says, he's all about turning the world upside down. Jesus is saying real happiness, real satisfaction does not come from controlling and overpowering and running things. If you run things as a servant, a servant leader, I love that image. But if you just have to have your own name and lights all the time, there's something wrong there. You're, you're, you're not being meek. Meek is open to uh, respect. Don't you think this entire coronavirus pandemic has taught us, and I, we've said this probably a couple of times in the last few months, it's, it in some ways has turned everything upside down where all of the things that we thought were important in our lives uh, seem to either disappear or we couldn't do anymore or whatever it may be, and we got down to the basics and we found that Happiness comes in the little things in life. I have found both have been taking place. I have talked to families who say, we really have become a better, closer family uh, by being working from home, by having more meals together, all of this stuff. Yeah. I've also find, found others where uh, the marriage is struggling sure. and maybe it just put everything under a, a, a a magnifying glass. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I, I won't jump to conclusions on that, but I will say that this is a great passage that we look to for consolation, but it's more than just consolation or comfort. It's also one that's really challenging us to review how we make uh, decisions in our life and what we choose to, to do to find uh, happiness. And it often comes down to happiness, not in a giddy sense, like, oh boy, this is going to be great, uh, so much as true fulfillment and contentment. The other thing I wanted to point out today that I think dovetails with this nicely is that, yes, you know, we have this image of being yoked to Jesus when we are burdened, 
But also in the second reading this weekend from Romans, um, there's another layer to it. Not only are we yoked to Jesus, we know that the Spirit of God dwells within us. If the Spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, the one who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through the Spirit that dwells in you. So it's almost, uh, when I read that, I was almost thinking of, it's it's a, a twofold approach to having strength. Yes, Jesus is walking with, with us, but we're also given the gift of the Spirit to dwell within us and to give us strength uh, through hard times as well. Well, since we're looking elsewhere, let's jump to the first reading really wow, fast. We are really jumping. Really fast. Uh, this is from the prophet Zechariah, who's one of the lesser known prophets. Thus says the Lord, rejoice heartily, not hardly, heartily, <laughs> O daughter Zion. Shout for joy, O daughter Jerusalem. See your king shall come to you. A just savior is he, meek and riding on an ass, on a colt, the foal of an ass. Now, where does that come from? Have you heard that in the Gospels before? Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. That Jesus was meek. He rode in on a donkey, on an ass. And that is often uh, counterposed against how Pilate would have come in on a chariot uh, with a bunch of soldiers leading the way. You know, they're very pompous and very uh, prestigious and overpowering. And all of that is happening on, at the same time, but Jesus comes in in a meek way. All right, well, let's see uh, how that translates into your meek homily this weekend. It might be so meek I'll be sitting it up. It'll be 30 seconds long. <laughs> hey, everybody, don't forget this week we also have our second summer mini retreat taking place. It's called Confessions of a Bearded White Guy with Paul Devine. You can catch all of those videos over at 23.church. Uh, Also, if you missed Father Herb's retreat from a couple of weeks ago into the fray, that is there as well. I hope that you guys have a great 4th of July. If you are traveling, please be safe. If not, we'll see you at Mass this weekend. And uh, Father, I know there's no fireworks, but I expect an invitation next year to your patio. Count on it. Oh, oh, you heard it here. Well, yeah, but I'm planning a vacation through the 4th of July. (laughs) We'll see you guys. Bye.